Welcome everybody to your, oh man, it's not our favorite day of the week, Wednesday. I mean, Wednesday is now my favorite day of the week. You, when, when you said, um, hey, we're going to record Wednesday, and then you and I have a, uh, maybe letting people behind the curtain too much here, but we have a like a little uh, slack where you and I go back and forth about you mm-hmm. know stuff we're going to talk about. And so I was asking, okay, are we recording today and releasing Friday? Are we pretending it's Friday, both in our drinking and how we talk about things or <laughs> we're going to refer to stuff as last night? And so my favorite movie is uh, Willy Wonka. It's uh. like a very strange thing about me but my literal favorite movie is Willy Wonka the and old one a, right yeah, yeah yeah the first one from yeah. I think it's 71 I believe it mm-hmm. is and so uh Charlie's teacher in that Mr. Turpentine or Turkentine <laughs> has this little like speech where he goes it's sometimes see, I'm gonna mess this up but he says something like uh I've decided to switch the Friday schedule to Monday <laughs> And so the test that we have on Friday on things that we've learned during the week will now be held on Monday before we've learned before them. Before we learn. <laughs> but since today is Tuesday, it doesn't matter in the slightest. <laughs> Did you see, have you seen some of the looks from the new one that's coming out? Uh, no, because I will not watch that. I will not watch a second of it. I have also not seen a second of that abomination that, that uh, Johnny Depp did a few years mm-hmm. back, that, that remake. Is that Tim Burton, maybe? I'm not good with movies, so. but I think, it, yeah. I, have I mean, not if watched it's Johnny Depp, it's a good chance it's Tim Burton. Have not, have not and will not watch a second of any remake, any separate version. Yeah. I, am, I am loyal to the soil with Willy Wonka. <laughs> well, what, you're going to be better than Gene Wilder? Hell no. Hell no. No chance. Oh, I, just, I love that sentence. <laughs> I am loyal to the soil. Is <laughs> Willy Wonka? Never in life. <laughs> it's going to be the original or nothing. Never in life. I literally, my mom just came to visit. And by the way, speaking of visitors, your blankets are still in the corner, but you've removed the pillow. So, like, blanket mm-hmm. mountain progress. Yeah, that's yeah. Kind Six of. weeks Even from now, it was maybe a ste- it was a, it was a, a step back previously. So my mom was my mom was visiting uh, to come see uh, my niece and nephew visit her grandbabies, and randomly brought me like a. It's ba- it looks like a graphic novel from from back in the like the comic books. I'm not really a comic book guy, but it looks like a big graphic novel. It's like a huge magazine with all these glossy f- pictures uh, celebrating, mm-hmm. uh, I think, the 40th anniversary of Willy Wonka. And I was very <laughs> excited and it is still out on my coffee table as we speak. I, like, I'm not playing. I'm not, not playing about Willy Wonka. It better not leave. That's no, I am playing. I am playing about Willy Wonka. Gene, there's no playing about Gene Wilder. Like, he's just he's an icon. He's so freaking good. Right. Watch next time. Next time you're in town, we'll watch. Watch me throw the Blu-ray on and 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 sing "Pure Imagination" right there with Gene Wilder. Like, kick that door open. I'm gonna I'm gonna do oh, the man, fake the cane thing and do the now. and do the somersault. I'm gonna do the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna be Gene. I mean, I do not participate in Halloween, um, mm-hmm. other than I enjoy. It's a an excuse for some of the ladies to <laughs> uh, dress. Yeah, so I'm. A, you know, that's the only participation in Halloween that I do. But I wanted to the other day. I decided I wanted to be Willy Wonka. I mean, I, it would not be out of character for me to like just buy a purple velvet blazer anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I could see. It. I could. See I it. mean, like I would buy it for the costume. Like actually have one made for the costume and then just wear it regularly. Just after like regularly. That. Yeah. But I think there's a Lakers game and I don't want to do all that at, at, at a game. I think, I think there's a home game on, mm. on uh, Halloween this year. So although the purple blazer at the home game, I do. I have a, I have a lavender, I have a lavender one, uh, not velvet. 
Uh, I have a lavender, uh, I think it's linen, like a lavender linen blazer that I have been known to wear at games occasionally. Hmm. Yeah, I just got the 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 red, like the burgundy crushed velvet. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel like way better about yourself. I'm it does. Like you. It does. The problem is I used to, I have one too. I have a black one and I have like that uh, wine color, like you're talking mm-hmm. about that I used to wear a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I got reminded it's kind of ridiculous to do that in LA because it's basically always summer here. And so you kind of look like an idiot yeah. in July. <laughs> like, uh-huh. I'm like, I look good, but I also am sweating profusely because it's 108 <laughs> degrees this and I'm actually... in crushed velvet. Yeah, this was actually blood red before. Now it is wine colored. It's, it's it has darkened. <laughs> My sweat has soaked through the lining and it's now touched the actual velvet. <laughs> As you guys can tell, that is Aaron Larsoul. I'm Anthony Irwin. This is The Hook. Uh, today on the show, we are going to be, we're going to switch up the order because it's almost become a, a running theme now where we open every show talking about the latest about Kyrie and the latest about Ben Simmons. You're like, I want no, to do not do not lie to our listeners. Huh? We start the show talking about and we well, missed yeah. it, what we're what we're drinking. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's Sincoro um, because I'm basically still drunk from last night at the game and drank I don't know almost a bottle's worth. So I figured I shouldn't switch it up. No, um, yeah. So this my my uh, purple velvet blazer, the sweat through there smells like Sincoro. So. <laughs> So I am, I am drinking. This show is brought to you by Michael Jordan and Jeannie Buss. Today, today I'm I'm also, I'm, I'm also having uh, tequila, but I put it in a margarita this time. Oh, Um, it's just 1800. So 1800 is not the best like sipping. No, but it's it's decent. It's good for margarita. Okay. I like it. No, I like it in a margarita. So like just a tip for everybody out there. If you're putting a, a, a tequila in a margarita, just do gold, any kind of Añejo or, or Reposado, like Mm-mm. just anything like that. Like the silver You can go stuff, Blanco. You can go Blanco, but any... I don't, I don't, I don't like, I don't like Blanco. Anything darker than gold, I agree with you. Mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's <laughs> like not going 1800s Añejo is delightful in this drink right now. It oh. is really good. Salute. Right. Uh, but so today we are going to open things up. The Lakers played last night. Uh, this being Wednesday as we record this, they played last night and the big three played. It was basically just the big three because the, half of the roster is currently uh, dealing with some kind of malady. And uh, they, it, they gave us a bit of a glimpse. There were some stretches where he said, oh, OK, if it's going to work, this is what it's going to look like. And then there were some other stretches where it was like, ah, well, OK, <laughs> you know. Um, and, and I'm just kind of curious, uh, Aaron, how you took that in. You said you were at the game. Yes. I'm sure the reception there was, was uh, you know, off the charts. I, I'm going to cop to uh, having the game on mute because there was another sporting event last night. That Yeah, um, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, was congratulations. On the hey, did you see uh, Blake Trinan pitching that one again? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I did, in fact. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't like the Dodgers, but I hate the Giants more. Yeah. Uh, so I was actually rooting for the Blake Trinan success. And we uh, were at the game where we're we're keeping tabs on it. And and I noticed that you 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 sent me a text about Blake Trinan. So I I made sure to scurry (laughs) over and and take a little peek at at what our boy had been up to. So good. Go and go Dodgers tomorrow. He's he's outrageous because well, both on and off the field. Uh, Unfortunate counts so to answer your question what i what um i had a i had a little i i talked to uh rob before uh before the game Mm -hmm. and 
you know, we were talking about, okay, finally, let's get a look at this, right? The, the Lakers big three is playing, but Dre and, and Steph didn't play for the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Warriors, because it's the opener, the Lakers and Warriors play in the opener. I think the, the Warriors kind of just didn't want to, yeah. you know, didn't want to show anything, right? Little gamesmanship. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But I think the other part of it and why I mentioned that is because I think it, part of it relates to the Lakers too. Yes, the guys played for the first time, but I think some stuff was being held back. Um, so, you know, kind yeah, of like the sense. college football, you know, in the preseason or in the NFL in the preseason, there's no preseason in college football, but before conference yeah. games, Maybe your warm up games. Yeah. You kind of just run your vanilla offense, right? You don't want to show some things, uh, some specific stuff. So I think there was some of that um, in play for the Lakers. I think your description of it was a good one, right? There was, <laughs> we mentioned this last week. Uh, there was some, oh, and there was some, oh. Yeah. Um, I, the Russ off the ball stuff is kind of concerning to me. Mm-hmm. Even more so defensively, he had some moments where he just, like yeah. those ha- those bad habits that he has off the ball defensively um, were pretty evident. There was a few moments where it looked like he, it didn't look like he just plainly wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Um, and there were, there were, there were some mix-ups. Um, I do kind of like, and, and depending on who's out and not playing and, and all of that, um, I think we might see this lineup a lot more than I thought we were going to. It may yeah. even start games. Um, this with is my AD, prediction. AD, uh, LeBron, Mello, Russ, and Bays. I, mm-hmm. I, I liked some of that. Um, but the thing that stuck out to me the most that in a positive way was, well, two things. AD, I don't think he's played particularly well in the preseason, but physically he looks right. Physically yes. he looks ready to go. Mm-hmm. And LeBron looked like LeBron, right? He had yeah. those moments where just nobody could do anything about him getting to the lane. He had a, you know, a stretch. I think he had two or three possessions straight with just like, I'm putting my head down, I'm getting to the rim and I'm getting a layup. There isn't anything you can do about it. So, I, but because of there's so many guys out and because the Warriors didn't play their two best players, well, I don't know, maybe Jordan Poole is the best player in the world at this point, but uh, because the Warriors didn't play their two main guys and because I think both sides were doing a little vanilla, it wasn't as revealing as I was hoping that it might be. Um, and another reason, because you mentioned all of the Lakers guys that are that are injured, um, it has given some time to Austin Reeves, who's looked really good. But usually when you have three stars, you know, three superstars or stars or three max level contracts, teams uh their depth just is suffers right yeah i think the lakers did a really good job of building depth or having depth because of the really good work that rob and kurt etc cetera, etc cetera, were able to do getting minimum guys um and and uh and kendrick nunn for the the mid-level taxpayer mid-level but now all those guys are hurt so you, now you're seeing like the like there's there's a team building aspect to this there's a team building question and the Lakers tried did this before, where if you have those two guys, you can fill in with more expensive depth, right? Whether it's Kuz or you know KCP. But if you go to three stars, you're just basically shopping at the minimum bin. And so, yeah. the, which which path you take, and both have worked. But in a team that is already going to be fighting for depth, the Lakers have done a really good job acquiring depth. But when those guys are hurt, you see like what the real NBA looks like. If you have three stars, you just have them. And it basically doesn't look like much around that. Yeah. I, I likened it to, uh, so I have a cousin who lives in El Paso and 
um, every time I would visit him. And back when I was growing up, I would visit pretty often. Mm -hmm. Every time I visit him, his car was a different color. And, um, and I would say like, dude, painting a car isn't cheap. How are you doing this? And he's like, Oh no, I, I, you know, just like typical, you know, my familia fashion. I was wondering what you were going to say. I was wondering. I got a guy. Yeah, there you go. You know, and, and so I, you know, I was just kind of wondering like, huh, all right, well, even if you got a guy, this is still got to be adding up. Like, you know, I'd I'd see them probably three, four times a year Mm -hmm. every time it was like a different color. And then what would you would, what you would see, I would visit him. I visited him one time and, and one of the, 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 the layers of paint was starting to go. And, uh, it, it, you know, the reason his guy was so cheap was that he wasn't sanding off the paint. (laughs) (laughs) And so so like, you know, the longer that, that, the, 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 the further that that paint was, was stretched and the longer that that was there and El Paso is not a great place to have, uh, a car, uh, because the, you got heat, the the weather and the conditions cold and you have, it's really wet and then it's super dry. And so like, it's it just, it just gets brutalized and you would see like, all right, there's his yellow phase. There's his blue phase. There's, oh, there's, a, you went purple at one point, you know, yeah, <laughs> like, like it. <laughs> and so, and, and it kind of reminded me like watching the Lakers depth really just kind of fall off of a cliff reminded me of like, yeah, like there's, if you have more resources, you can bolster the depth. You can have a deeper team like the Lakers have had the last couple of years when they only had the two stars, right? Mm-hmm. And if you had an injury, you could sand over it and fix it with an actual like, you know, player who is not on on a veteran's minimum, even if the, the guys that the Lakers have are are more than uh, are worth more, I think, than the veterans minimum. Uh, in this case, though, <laughs> you saw like, oh, there's your there's your red face. Hey, you should have stuck with silver, you know, like it was just, it was, it was, it was, you see how quickly and, and, you know, last night Steph didn't play Draymond didn't play. And even heading into the third quarter, while the big three were still playing, it was a close game. Like I think uh, the Lakers were either up by or down by one heading into that fourth quarter where both of the benches emptied and all that. And I think that's indicative of like, yeah, these guys, when they're good, you're going to see that 15-0 run that just looks insane. But then when you rely more on depth, either because of injuries or or somebody takes a, a night off to rest or whatever, you're going to see like, oh, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a pretty big difference between Malik Monk and Alex Caruso, you know. And 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 I right. think that's where we're at right now. Yeah, I mean, they uh, well, yes, is quick. <laughs> you're correct. Um, yeah, and again, it like goes back. There, are just two different philosophies, right? I mean, well, everybody wants stars, but like there is a actual choice to be made between two and three. And obviously, if you have two, there is better depth. Um, but I, I think it is like a fascinating experiment. Um, and also, I mean, the other part of it is LeBron is a basketball genius maybe the basketball genius of all time and Mm -hmm. he doesn't seem worried about the fit he doesn't seem worried about it and he obviously you know was part of setting this in motion to get russ so i I kind of have my part (laughs) (laughs) i mean part means not 100 percent. i didn't say anything about how big of a part (laughs) 
Uh, <laughs> he was in the movie. I'm not telling you if he was the leading man or if he won Best Supporting Actor. He was in the movie. Maybe he wrote the script. Maybe he yeah. directed it. Maybe he produced it. Maybe he was the leading man. Maybe he was an extra. But he yeah. was a part of... He was at least it. Gene Wilder. We know this. Exactly. So <laughs> I... And I, I think he is he is maybe the basketball genius of all time. And I think he is the greatest problem solver or not. It's not even really problem. Yeah. I mean, it can be problem solved, but he's the, he is the best at figuring out the puzzle pieces. So what it, what it brought up for me yesterday um, in, in watching it up close and, and thinking about it, and I've been thinking about it for a couple of weeks, but there is this idea that Russ needs to fit in. And LeBron has rejected that idea in, in talking um, with the media. LeBron has just rejected that idea on its face, right? Russ is all, he's how great he is. He's a hall of famer, all of his accomplishments, et cetera. MVP, like he doesn't have to change for anybody, but the, the, the thought process has been Russ is going to have to adjust his game so that the fit can, can work. And I like, theoretically that, that sounds right to me too, but in watching it, and I've been kind of like workshopping this theory and kicking it around in my head for, for a couple of weeks now. I don't know if that's the case because I'm not sure that Russ has the, well, everybody has the ability to like change some, mm -hmm. but um, I think LeBron's game is more malleable than Russ's. Mm -hmm. And I think LeBron may be more able to change his game and still play at a similar level. So I am wondering if it is more on LeBron to actually be the piece that kind of adjusts here um, just because he's probably more capable and being more capable of adjusting and still providing like close to peak LeBron value. Yeah, that's, that's interesting for me. It's more, I look bigger pictures as far as like where I'm, where I'm kind of asking questions about the Lakers as they're built and with Frank Vogel teams, they are defensive minded. They are defense first, second, third, and fourth. Mm -hmm. And, and they use that defense to get out and transition and go and, 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 and make the game easier on them. That's how they won the title two seasons ago. I can't even say two years ago because it happened a week ago earlier. Last yeah. Week, it's like, it's like 368 days ago. Right. I think it was. Uh, yeah. So, so, but like, I'm, I'm so, my question with like with the way that this team is put together is you have LeBron, you have AD, both of those guys are going to be really good defenders no matter what. And, and so long as one of those guys are on the court, ideally both of them, your defense is probably going to be good enough to get stops and get out and run. Right. Um, the question becomes like when they aren't on the court, are, are they good enough offensively to execute in the half court? to make up for the stops that they aren't going to be getting when those guys aren't on the court and, or like it, the worst case can, scenario here is that they both aren't necessarily good enough defensively to generate enough stops to get out and run. And they aren't uh, malleable enough to, to execute in that in the, in half court. Right. So like I, like right now for SB nation, they have like these best case, worst case scenarios Mm -hmm. And like the best case scenario is they get enough stops, they get out and run. The offense comes, uh, they they learn to execute in the half court over the course of the year. But for most of the year, the backbone and the foundation of their of their offense is going to happen in transition. 
and then and then they they work in more compli- more complicated uh you know sets and stuff like that over the course of the season the worst case scenario is they don't get enough stops they don't get enough they they don't get out in transition enough and they also then <laughs> are struggling to score offensively and you play catch up the entirety of the season and so like that's that's where i'm looking here is is can those guys get it going enough on defense to make the offense easy enough to develop a rhythm, kind of like shooting a free throw to start your game. Like I've always liked right. getting to see, the basket. See one, see one get go in. Right. Yeah. Right. Like get to the basket, get to the free throw line, and then and then you know let your game kind of build from there. And I'm I'm kind of curious if the Lakers are going to be able to do that. I was I also wanted to ask you about. Well, well, let me, well I think that's oh. an interesting point. But one point on that yeah. to wrap that up. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, I think that is the best argument for Russ for having Russ for bringing mm-hmm. him in because teams that have been built around LeBron. I mean, this is true of other stars too, uh, like Steph, but, or like uh, Luca, um, but like Giannis, not as much because he is not like such a singular force offensively like LeBron and Luca and, and Steph are. Um, I think that is the argument for Russ because teams that have been built around LeBron, like basically every team in LeBron's NBA career has been built around LeBron. And when LeBron sits, the offense dies. Mm -hmm. Um, And Russ is going to get out in transition and get easy baskets, like period. (laughs) Like even just by himself, he's a one man fast break. And so in the moments where LeBron is off the court, like every team that LeBron has been on just dies offensively um, because he controls everything and he orchestrates everything. So I think that is the argument for Russ because the, like, yes, it's certainly right to, 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 you need to get out and run. You need turnovers and you need, you know, long rebounds and, and defensive rebounds. Russ is one of, if not the best guard rebounders of ever. So I think Russ, there's going to be moments when LeBron's not on the court where the offense just is at least solvent um, because of Russ. And I, I think that is like one of the best arguments why Russ is so important to this team and why, you know, the, like the proof of concept of bringing him in is, is like, we're not going to die offensively when LeBron's out. Yeah. I mean, I, that remains to be seen. I kind of think like Russ creates transition opportunities, but and you know, as we've seen, he doesn't always make the right read and stuff like that. And so, yeah. yeah I, how much, how I, much are you worried about that? Like Russ will tell you it's a preseason and like he always is terrible in the preseason. Yeah. But you know, like how much does preseason matter? I don't know unless it does. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those, remember we talked about this with those, with the Dwight Mayer Lakers, right. Where they kept losing and you were like, Hey, yeah, it doesn't um, matter. Oh, and six, eh, whatever. Yeah. Like, Oh, it's just preseason. It's just preseason. And then right. you're like, Hey, but, but like, are, are you going to look good? Like at some right. point, like, is right. it, you know, and, and they did like, they had that flash where, and it was funny to see Lakers Twitter pounding their chests. He's like, we told you, we told you. And it's like, okay, all right, right away. I mean, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> 13-0, Golden State without Steph and Draymond run, right after you guys beat your chest. <laughs> so let's just, yeah, you know, we just don't get too high, too low. My thing, I, I wanted to ask you, since you were there in person last night, I was watching Russ, and I was wondering, he reminded me of a dancer who was learning their steps out there. Right. And, and like to, to the new routine and you mm-hmm. can actually hear them go one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five, six, you know, did you hear Russ counting 
Uh, yeah, five, yeah, a little five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> uh, yeah, in fact, interestingly enough, at uh, at a timeout, he uh, went and, and did a routine with the Laker girls. He stayed out of the huddle and did, just to make sure his steps were right. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the, right. That's part of the the issue of um, having a bunch of new players. Um, that's eleven new guys uh, haven't played together a lot even in preseason yet so I don't think Russ is as comfortable as he's going to be um and you know guys you never are playing your best if you are thinking first like what am I supposed yeah. to where am I supposed to be okay until those things that the sets the cuts the the um like intuitiveness that you have with your teammates the mind meld kind of stuff about are we switching this or wait if we switch this which are we one through four okay well, which call is this? And Russia has been on, a, frankly, a bunch of teams and a bunch of systems yeah. recently. So, you know, those kind of like most of the terminology is, is pretty consistent around the league. But, you know, there are going to be times where, OK, wait, you know, your muscle memory is, oh, in this kind of scenario, we do this because this is how I've been doing it for my career. No way we, that one little thing is different here. So I think you can see some of that um, with Russ defensively more so than offensively. Um, but. Yeah, I mean that's why I think it is going to be important. Um, I don't, I don't know yet if if who's playing tomorrow. I haven't seen anything or heard anything. Actually, I actually haven't asked. I haven't talked to anybody yet about who's going to play um, tomorrow. And then is it Saturday? I think it's Saturday is the the last preseason yeah, game. Yeah, say like every other day. So um, I think it is important um, for you know trying to get some time with LeBron and AD and Russ. Um, you know, just to to like build whatever continuity you can. But there are some guys that are just not that good. I mean, Russ, Russ is kind of a menace in practice. Russ plays hard in practice, but there are some guys that just need like the lights to be on for it to click in for them. Um, And it feels like Russ is one of those guys. It feels like the preseason just like doesn't get his juices going like he needs. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about somebody in year, what, 14, uh, he was the, uh, what he was 2008 draft. I think he was 2000. I think it was a 2008 draft. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm looking at the, like, I'm just looking at, at the roster right now and, and, you know, I understand why the Lakers would take a lackadaisical approach to the preseason. And normally I would honestly completely agree given the injury concerns and given how, you know, what all that really matters is LeBron and Anthony Davis being on the same page. And then everything is going to build out from there. Um, And you just kind of figure it out as you go. But even with that said, there are, (laughs) it's a completely remade roster. And not only is it a completely remade roster, one third of, of your big three uh, is, is very clearly learning those steps. And like, I just kind of hope that in, in film sessions with him, Somebody like I I know you you don't nobody really probably talks to Russ like this, but somebody just got to tell him like, hey, just go dunk, like just, like like just like just you know he he you can see him as he's driving like, please come guard me, please come guard me, please come. He didn't guard me. I gotta I gotta pass it anyway. I gotta get AD going, you know. And that's like you talked about earlier. I thought that was a really good point in regards to Russ and LeBron and who might be more malleable. You're seeing Russ try to be malleable, and it just looks awkward. Because a, a malleable Russ is an oxymoron. 
You know, right. it's just, right. it's just it's right. not really, it's not really how it works. Well, I mean, the, in the league, the him. last couple of years has, has um, decided they are going to obviously back off of him and try to get him to shoot. But also yeah. even on his drives um, has started playing him more for the pass. And so mm-hmm. if Russ is in his head, you know, trying to be like, okay, let me get other guys involved. Let me get these assists. But also anytime you come to a new team, especially you're coming home, right? But and, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, any, and you're playing for the Lakers, your hometown team, right? You want to, like, even when you are a superstar and as accomplished as Russ is, right? You want to make a good first impression. You want to fit yeah. in. Um, and by the school. way, you see that, you see it off the court too. I mean, like, Russ has been great in interviews, has been hilarious. You know, there have <laughs> been cool. certain Last times. Last was amazing. Exactly Did you hear that? It was, it was funny. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, about the, uh, the foul baiting. The- yeah. <laughs> nobody flies out to me as a shooter now <laughs> right <laughs> that is not gonna affect me i don't really have to yeah. change anything um <laughs> but you're i think we're seeing that like you want your first impression to be good even like you know russ has been cantankerous in in media sessions uh, a lot of the time but he's smiling and laughing and having fun with with you know true and and Orem and all the guys you know talking to him and it seems like he wants to make a good first impression on the court which i think maybe speaks to some of what you're seeing where it feels like he's thinking the game more than mm-hmm. just like reacting and playing. Um, okay. Like where am I here? Okay. When I drive, I do want to help get somebody else involved, all of that. Right. Um, so I, I, and I think that that has led to some of what you're, what you were talking about, but also the, some of the turnover issues um, I think come from a little bit of overthinking and, and, yeah. you know, trying to make passes that aren't necessarily there um because he's trying to like get people involved and make a good impression while also the league has the last couple of years been playing him more for the past so right like those passes that used to be there because everybody was terrified russ was going to dunk on them maybe those lanes have closed down a little bit because we're like eh, maybe you're gonna maybe you're gonna find somebody and try to get this assist so yeah yeah i i it's why like with russ specifically i'm not that worried about it like the 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 most important parts of preseason the, the, was all right. How good does Anthony Davis look uh, physically? He's looked right. fine. Yeah, he looks uh, good. Yeah. Can eight? Can can LeBron James? Does he still have that extra gear where he decides like, okay, yeah, this is enough of this? And we saw that last night. I thought, yes. which is which... <laughs> yes, he yes he does. <laughs> and then and then you know with Russ, I I I wasn't I didn't have very high hopes on Russ just because he has so much to figure out, and if it's going to work he is going to be almost antithetical to a lot of the things that has made him really successful on an individual basis over the course of his career. So I, I just think it's going to take time. So am I, I would have liked to seen some better shooting from like Wayne Ellington and Kent, Kent Bazemore over the course of the preseason. Sure. Um, I, I, it's kind of hit or miss with me on Kendrick Nunn. I, I just, you know, we'll see is where I'm standing there. Malik Monk looked really good before he strained his groin. And like you talked about Austin Reeves. So like in vacuums, there are aspects of this that look really good. I thought like, I think we, we kind of sort of know now, and, and I'm not, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, uh, you don't have to acknowledge this. You don't have to cough or anything if you, if you agree, but, <laughs> but like DeAndre Jordan has looked thoroughly washed. So like I'm, I think Coro is delicious. We, we know this, we can, we can, we can move on. We know how that's going to go. Dwight, I thought his looked really good. Rondo has a pep in his step. Mm-hmm. So there, there are some things that like 
individually look good. It's just that, you know, putting it all together right now, and it's to be expected, by the way, putting it all together, given all of the new parts and all of the different vacuums that I just talked about, was always going to be a, a significant challenge in the preseason. So it's just, it's probably, it's a good thing that the Lakers open up with a softer schedule so that they can figure some of this stuff out when everybody cares more about games actually mattering. Um, yes, <laughs> but I, I think the Lakers like first 10 or so 12 games in total is pretty soft, Yeah, but it's, it's, a, it's some real ones right at first. And oh, I yeah. think that, you know, LeBron teams when they're new often don't start all that well while LeBron kind of figures it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and Russ teams, um, well, because he's been going to new places pretty often, but when Russ gets somewhere, those teams don't start particularly well. Russ doesn't start particularly well, then really turns it on um, in the second half of the season. So I think like it's pretty fair to like give the Lakers a wide berth and kind of figure it out. But the um, but that's not how Laker fans are built. And it's it's the Warriors. on It's the Warriors on Tuesday and Phoenix on Friday. And like mm-hmm. that's not anybody. Neither one of them is anybody to mess with. I can't remember who the third game is. Is it Memphis? Maybe. I mean, you're right about the easy schedule because I think it's OKC twice, and I yeah, think there's Houston once. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first San Antonio, couple, I think, is in there. The first couple are not, and you know, like, it, it, what kind of patience are Laker fans gonna have if it doesn't look great to start? Is an interesting question. Yeah, we'll just so long as we don't get a similar gif that we had from Kobe where he like stared lasers at Mike Brown <laughs> and then Mike Brown was fired like two days later, as long as we don't get, I mean, that, I, that wasn't the that. record though, because uh, Earl Watson, I think got fired three games into the season in Phoenix a couple <laughs> years ago. So I yeah. don't think that was the record. Yeah. I, I was pulling for Earl. turns out he was just, not. don't do that. Good no, game. don't do that. <laughs> do, do not pull for him. All right. <laughs> I will not. Don't don't. Well, I said do, was. Do, you should no longer pull for him. How about I'm that? a UCLA guy, so like you know, uh, initially yeah, I was like, I know I was... <laughs> you should no longer pull for him. Let me say I will, that. I will. I will not. All right, so let's move on to uh, another guy who we probably shouldn't be really pulling for at this point, and it's Kyrie Irving. And well, look uh, at that professional broadcast segue. <laughs> you know, I've been doing this. I think I've recorded at this stage one zillion podcasts. Um, oh. Yeah, so you, you just, should have like a little you should have like a banner behind you or something yeah, to, I just, I just to note the achievement. A, yeah, a little fart of a firework, you know. Um, but so so, so for, <laughs> one sad sparkler. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Kyrie uh said all preseason and um you know leaked through people that uh, he just wanted his privacy and that he was going to take care of us as as uh, he needed to take care of it. And so initially you thought, well, all right, does that mean that he's going to play half of his games? Is he going to be participating in in half of their practices? Um, is he are they working? We already saw that uh, the state of or the, the, the city of New York or the state of New York granted them some type of. Uh, revision of their mandate so that he would have been able to practice. Um, so basically the there was that their, their um, practice like a facility, facility 
is mm-hmm. a private business, a private facility. So they get to make the rules basically for, for what any vaccine or non-vaccine mandate of people that are, that come in the building. So he was going to be able to practice uh, everywhere is yeah. basically the point. And uh, despite that, the Nets said, you know what, you're either with us or you are not. And they decided to send him home. They basically said, you know what, man, like, you know, take care of you. We aren't going to force this on you if, if you don't want it. But uh, and you can say that this is an individual choice, uh, but this is uh, a choice that comes with consequences. And in this case, the consequences that you have to stay home and you are not going to be a part of this team until you commit to it. And I, I, I <laughs> am here to praise it. I think that's a, a, a great show of strength from an organization that very easily could have, you know, kowtowed to a superstar in this spot. And it's been super interesting to watch the Nets take this stance and the Sixers take their stance of like, no, like we're going to find you. And no, like you are going to have to stay home here. Uh, because at the end of the day, like some of these rules have to apply to everybody, either contractual or yeah. uh, vaccination related. So uh, as I, I just I'm just kind of curious, like, how are you watching all this take place? Like, where, where, where are you at on the spectrum of like this is I, I think I saw one person say that this is discrimination, which is certainly nonsense. a, a stance nonsense. To take. Absolute yeah. nonsense. <laughs> and then, um, and then yeah. there's the other side of it where, you know, there, I, I think I'm probably pretty close to the edge of this spectrum where I'm, I'm standing up and applauding Brooklyn for, for, for the way that they're handling. This. Yeah, I, I do too. And we talked about, uh, I think it was last week. Um, I think I said that basically if it were me, Brooklyn needs to give him a drop dead date. Um, mm-hmm. because having, I thought there was a, he's so good. I thought there was a world in which, having him part-time despite how good he is on the court um, would be more, would be materially damaging to their chances to win the title mm. um, because I thought that the damage that it could do to the locker room and the continuity and the cohesion togetherness team, et cetera. And the fact that uh, KD and Steve Nash and, Harden, we're just going to have to answer these questions over and over and over and over, um, could be more damaging than what they get from him on the court part-time. So Mm -hmm. I am surprised they did it. I agree with the decision. I think it is probably for the best. Um, And I really applaud uh, a Cal guy, actually, but Kiwi, Sean Marks, um, his statement, I think think it struck the perfect tone. It 100% is a personal decision. And Kyrie is well within his rights to make that decision. Do I think it is the wrong decision? Yes. Do I think it is a selfish decision? Yes. But that's his decision. And it is his right. But it is also the right of everybody else to make their decision, right? It is mm-hmm. people have the right to make their decision. It is a personal choice. And it affects everyone else. Invited co- to weddings a collective, and all this other stuff. Like a collective of, of yeah. people also can make decisions. Yeah. And the collective of the Nets said, we, this is worse for us. So we are going to decide that this is required. And, and the part that I think that is missing in a lot of the discussion is like the, every basketball team is also a, a business, right? And there are lots of people that are not as high profile that don't make that kind of money that mm-hmm. maybe aren't in 
you know, maybe have pre-existing conditions or whatever, but, but a basketball team, the Lakers, the Nets, the Bulls, whoever, there are assistant trainers. There are, you know, people that work at the arena. There are all sorts of, of, of people that teams are like actually or inherently or morally um, responsible for their well-being also. So it's not just mm-hmm. about the, the 15 guys on the roster. Um, so I, I agree with you. I applaud it. And again, like, I don't think anyone should force Kyrie to do anything. Make your choice, whether I disagree with it or not, who cares? Make your choice. But then there are consequences to your choice. So mm-hmm. here we go. I, what I, and I look, I, I disagree with it, but Kyrie do what you want to do. I did not, I do not like the messaging. Um, yeah. That Sham's thing that came out yesterday was just like, utter nonsense i don't know who's speaking for Kyrie, but they probably shouldn't be because i think you know that like Kyrie is not anti-vaccination he is not anti-science he is just there's a bigger purpose in the world and he does not believe in vaccine mandates and the fact that people you know every day people are uh, losing their jobs losing income because of uh, vaccine mandates Okay, that is a fair conversation to have, but it is a disingenuous way to frame it. Because if that's the case, Kyrie, why didn't you get the vaccine six months ago or three months ago before there were these mandates and people were and people are losing jobs, right? People have, including Kyrie at this point. Um, I just think it is a disingenuous way to say I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm not anti-science. I just don't like people losing their jobs because of the mandates. Okay, well, then why didn't you get it before? So I think that is pretty disingenuous and that bothers me. And I think that is damaging. Um, but I like I, my big bow on it is like, I applaud the Brooklyn Nets. I think they struck the exact right tone with what mm-hmm. Sean Mark said. And I don't want to lose sight of the fact, because when people lose the, uh, like, I think the discourse gets lost with, oh, it's a personal decision. Yes, it is. And so it just becomes people shouting at each other. So yes, it is a personal decision, but all of our personal decisions have consequences. Here's There are a couple of hangups that I had. Well, I, I guess I had a few. One, somebody has to be the editor there for Shams. You can't just be like, you can't just echo that shit. You know, like Shams, if, if Shams is going to write that thing, there has to be some. Why, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. You have to have some perspective. He's not a journalist. What do you like? Well, he's he certainly frames himself as one. No, no, no. Right? He's a newsbreaker. Well, no, he knows different. Well, do, no, no, it's a different thing. Well, it's a different I, thing. I, I think I think if you're if you're going to because most people aren't going to make that distinction and they are going to look at, at the things that he writes as like, OK, this is the truth. This is the facts here. And it's like, well, OK, but there can be a single sentence in there to say none of this makes sense, because on one hand, Kyrie <laughs> is saying. So on one hand, Kyrie is saying that he wants to be a voice for the voiceless. Turn right. on Fox News right now. I guarantee you there's a segment right now about how tough unvaccinated people have it. So you can't say that they're the voiceless here, that there's no platform lending right. itself. Well, while to, every to single person, every single person on that set and in that building is vaccinated, by the while way, while they're vaccinated. Yeah. Yes. I mean, the whole thing is a farce. And then and then so the, the next thing that I, I don't understand from from Kyrie specifically here is he wants to be a voice for the voiceless. He says via anonymous source, right? Like, 
you you weren't and then Fair. and then at at Fair. at his uh intro presser on media day he no commented the whole thing i want my i want my privacy i want my privacy that's not a voice for the voiceless that's cowardice stand up and say it with your chest like yeah. if you if you if you, yeah. if you have that's something fair. to say man like that's if fair. you're if you're if you honest to god care about all these unvaccinated people who are losing their jobs one the way to like actually care about them and improve their situation is to get messaging out there to say hey like lebron for example hey i was also iffy about the vaccine i went out and got it and i and then i had my friends and my family get it because we all want to protect each other here right and now I, I I didn't agree with LeBron when it came to like I it's not my job to tell people what to do with their bodies or or like when he's I actually laughed out loud when he said like that would be like me telling people what job to take it's like LeBron you're the pseudo GM of the of the Lakers like let's let's calm down a little bit here but so like with when it came to actions though when it comes to like things that will benefit this voiceless sector of 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 unvaccinated people who are losing income, losing jobs and stuff like that. Well, the way to help them is to stand firm behind either your message to actually try to help them or to do actual research here and try to help the people by informing them like, Hey, actually this is not something that puts you in any immediate danger. Like this is the, for, for the vast majority of the people who have got, I think that I think we're millions of people, have gotten this vaccine at this stage. I believe and, I, I I think I saw today that it was of everyone eligible. I believe it was seventy two percent yeah. in America. I think yeah, seventy two percent. So that's millions of people. And yes, there are some cases where a, a pre existing condition has led to some complications with the uh, with the vaccine. There have been some situations. There are still breakthrough cases. This thing is not foolproof. It's not it, it's not a cure. It's a vaccine and it's something that, you know, is, is for the most part, really helping a lot of people like seriously helping, keeping them out of, out of hospitals, which by the way, doesn't just affect the people who are dealing with COVID uh, related health issues. It also leaves open a medical bed for somebody who has another health issue. Somebody who has a heart attack in Alabama has to drive to Louisiana to try to find oh, a hospital. By the way, how did you? Go, why did you just go Alabama with heart attack? You just pulled that one out of thin air, huh? Well, no, because they. Well, I mean, uh-huh. after that football game, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, but no, I, I, I was you. I Coach Saban ain't look great after the game. He did not look pleased after. <laughs> A and M, I think it was A and M, right? A and M. It was. A&M it was. My down. brother-in-law was thrilled. Um, but like, it, it, the reason I use Alabama though is because like they literally ran out of hospital beds. Yes, they did. They like that's yes, why I did. use. And yes, so like, did. if if you had a medical emergency that was non-COVID related, your chances of finding a hospital bed to to get yourself through that are are made less because of the choices of others. And that's why, like, yes, you're right. It is literally a choice that somebody can make here. Whether or not they get the, the like, nobody is going to be held down and had a needle stuck in them. Although, if <laughs> if Kyrie was either a teammate of Kobe's or Michael's, I think, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Circumstance might have might have actually come. To we go, we gonna need you, brother. <laughs> I think the interesting, well, but yes. like last yeah, thing yeah, on yeah, this. No, say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last thing that I have on this is that like 
again, if you're if if you're Kyrie Irving, and and you're saying that these people who have lost jobs and lost income due to their choice here, what you're what you're basically saying or what you're standing up for here is zero repercussions to bad choices. And for somebody in Kyrie Irving who has done so much good in various communities elsewhere, right? Mm -hmm. All he asked for, all the Black Lives Matter thing was, was accountability for poor decisions on the part of the police department, right? Like if they choose to go out and be racist out there, there has to be some accountability for those instances of racism. That's all he was asking for. But it's really tough to watch him turn around now and say, hey, these other people, Bo, by the way, when they make a bad decision, there shouldn't be any accountability over here. The way that the world works is accountability. That's the entire premise of how this thing works. You make a bad choice, some bad shit happens. And like, if you're telling me that your stance right now is that these people who are not getting the vaccine, is, uh, like, they, they, should feel, they should feel no repercussions to that poor decision. I'm sorry, man. I can't stand. Like, that, 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 that is an illogical, inherently illogical and dangerous course of thought that he is on. Yes, um, I agree with a lot of what you just said. I think a distinction needs to be made because you you said you mentioned and we've talked about this the last few weeks because we seem to like Kyrie and Ben Simmons are the <laughs> every week they are the stories of the NBA. So <laughs> we keep talking about you it. by Kyrie Irving and Ben. Right. <laughs> Uh, the hook brought to you by vaccine mandate <laughs> and disgruntled superstar. Um, we, and so we've talked a lot, you just mentioned it again, and we've talked a lot about all the good that Kyrie has done, whether it's, you know, um, buying a home for George Floyd's family, uh, donating to HBCUs, um, donating a bunch of, not donating, but um, uh, giving salary relief to uh, some of the women WNBA in the WNBA. Players. Right. Uh, and many, many other things that those that we don't know about. Um, all of that is true. And people have you, you'll see on Twitter, like, you can't say that somebody doing this is a selfish person, right? That's done all this great stuff. I don't know that Kyrie is a selfish person, but it is possible for a a selfless person to make a selfish decision. Mm hmm. Um, and mm -hmm. so I think we need to make that kind of distinction. Like Kyrie can be the best dude in the world and still make a, at least what I would consider a selfish decision. Uh, that's one thing, but I think what, like to, to stop playing junior epidemiologist, I think the, um, the interesting question as it relates to basketball and as it relates to the nets is, you know, where does this, how does this change them as, as championship favorites? Does it take them from prohibitive to still the favorites does it take them to even with yeah. the bucks does it take them even with the lakers and then i am wondering what like because at least from the outside what it seemed like with with andrew wiggins was like look you're letting your boys down and you're gonna lose a lot of money here and he was mm -hmm. like all right and went and got it right um and even after that he came out with some more legitimate reasons at least from my perspective of what his hesitation was. Um, I wish he would have done that earlier. Um, but with Kyrie, Kyrie seems pretty dug in at this point. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know, you know, he's playing with 
one of his best friends in the world, KD, and he or at least were or are or whatever, very close friends for a team that is probably the, not probably the prohibitive favorites to win the title with him there, with him there. Um, and, uh, I, so I don't know what like is going to be the inducement. I don't know how this ends. I don't, I don't think this ends quickly. I don't like, it doesn't seem like Kyrie is going to like, or the money he's going to lose. And the other part of it that is interesting, right. He's going to lose, I think whatever, 17 million. If he misses, um, you know, they're going to, they're only going to, he's going to miss all the game, but he's only going to lose out uh, half of his contract. They're only going, yeah. the team is only going to fine him or take his money for the home games. Um, so the 17 million doesn't seem to be like that much of an inducement to him, but what about the, he's in line for an extension now. And I don't think Brooklyn is really that thrilled about <laughs> offering. Right. So that's like, I know that's, I think, I think it's yeah. five, I think it's five for 186. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe four, uh, maybe it's four for 186. I don't, whatever it's 186 that he's leaving on the table. Um, yeah. so it, that's over 200 in total, um, that he is not taking advantage of or walking away from. So, but if that is not what's going to do it, and by the way, if it's not a money thing for Kyrie, like good on you, right? If that's yeah. not what your motivation is authentically, good on you. But I don't know how this ends because I don't know what the inducement is like going to be what is he gonna like i don't think there's any new science coming that's gonna mean something to him um it doesn't look like it's the money it doesn't look like it's something that you know he's gonna feel pressure from his teammates that he's letting his team down or any of that so i don't know like what is going to change to cause him to get the vaccine so that he could therefore play basketball for the brooklyn nets um i don't yeah i don't like what is that inducement going to be? I don't see how this ends anytime soon. And I, I think there is a fair chance. Uh, True and I, I was texting with True last night at the game. We were kind of arguing about this, not arguing. We were like kicking it back and forth. And I said last night that I think there is a like 50-50 chance, maybe even a little better than that, that we have seen Kyrie play in his last NBA game. Yeah. I mean, if he's this dug in to where... Now, it's going to be interesting. We are now uh, roughly 24 hours from yesterday's Shams um, OAN segment that he wrote down. But he, he, they were about, we're roughly 24 hours uh, removed from that. And I would have figured by now, if the, if they didn't like the messaging, if Kyrie didn't like the messaging there and he didn't like the reaction to the messaging, that there would be some like counter leaks, right? Something that say like, Hey, just to clarify, um, you know, here's where I stand, you know, and, and, and at some point, maybe that is something that might still be coming. But the fact that we haven't heard from him at all, and the one time that we heard from him was him saying, like, no comment, basically, I want my privacy, uh, tells me that, yeah, he's just kind of cocooned himself off, and I don't know where, where we're going to hear from him again. And like you're saying, if, if everything that is on the line here, hundreds of millions of dollars a potential championship in your home city uh, with, with your best friend. Like, like if that, if those aren't the kind of things that get you on a basketball court and, 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 and at least get you to the table to say like, all right, here's where I'm actually standing on what I'm actually standing for. Then I don't know what is. And, and you know what, here's, here's my thing. If he wants to retire. All right. 
Yeah, I mean, he's a fantastic basketball player, but yeah, okay. Playing basketball is a choice. There's another personal decision, right? Yeah. Yeah, like Andrew Bynum got a lot of crap for being a nerd, right? He like, you know, made his own computers and and Mm -hmm. was into like way into video games. And then, you know, he did some other stuff that that probably rubbed people raw. I've always wanted to talk to Andrew Bynum about like his, his path or whatever, you know, just because I find people who are really, really good at something but are passionate about something else or aren't necessarily that passionate about that thing that they are really good at inherently interesting. Like I want, I, I would like to pick their brain as far as like, you know, our, the reluctant superhero thing, you know, Spider-Man yeah, yeah. just wishes he could be normal so that he could go on a date with Mary Jane, you know? And, and so it's like, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the situation here and, and look, Kyrie, if you, if you, if you aren't that passionate about basketball, fine, it's just a sport. Right. It's cool. Yeah, like, I mean, just it's, walk the, away. it's the, it's the, it's, this is what I do, not who I am. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and, and so like, if that's the choice that he wants to make here, good luck to it. The one thing I would say though, and I think this is something that if he wants to be a voice for the voiceless here is your platform was granted to you because of that thing that you are really, really good at. And if you walk away from that thing that you are really, really good at, you risk losing that platform that it lent you in the first place. So I don't know how, how he balances all of these things out. Um, we do know, however, how Ben Simmons is balancing everything out because he just showed up. Yeah. <laughs> like, By the way, how good of a story is that? That like, I think I think this hey. is out there, right? I I think this is like a public thing. If not, well, I guess um, we'll find out if we have aggregators. But I think this is like publicly out there. Yeah. That nobody knew. Nobody. Nobody knew, had an idea. Right. And he showed up at the facility, and nobody knew. Yeah, no, I and my he like favorite... knocked on the door and nobody knew he was there. Somebody literally like sent on the Elton Brand a text. Hello. <laughs> yeah. To like, hey, um, Ben's at the front door. Yeah. You send somebody, let him in. Yeah. Ben, uh, your, Derek your, your fingerprint doesn't work anymore. <laughs> Derek Bodner had my fob. favorite tweet of the day where he was like, he just showed up. We've been doing this for a month and he just walked up. It was kind of like there was a report during uh the previous president's uh time in office and it was this case that apparently some reporter had been working on for months <laughs> months of digging and digging and digging and then trump just goes on some press conference and admits to the thing that the, 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 <laughs> <That's> <laughs> funny. the guy was like i have been working on this for months and he just admitted it <laughs> you know and like not to compare simmons to, to trump here but like it just I couldn't help but laugh at because this is how my brain works. I just go straight to the funny. I try to get to the funny. And it's just hilarious. The notion of this guy who told teammates, not nah, don't fly across the country. Don't come see me in L.A., mm-hmm. uh, you know, stiffed team executive personnel. But now nah, I don't really want to talk to you guys either. You can talk to Rich Paul. And then he just shows up. <laughs> and, and you know what? My takeaway from it, aside from laughing at it initially, is. Turns out finds work. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So so the money, Andrew Wiggins, I just mentioned, it seems like the money was an inducement to him. Yeah. And it feels like that has been an inducement to, to Ben Simmons, too. Um yeah. The <laughs> Philly, I mean, that was the only card that Philly had to play, and they called his bluff, and it looked like it looks like as it stands now that Ben was bluffing. Yeah. Uh, and now we still don't know. I mean, to be fair, though, I mean, to be fair, to be honest, this is probably the tact he should have taken anyway, because I don't know if he's going to play. Yeah. Um, but this is what he should have done anyway. He should have. Yeah. 
he should have, uh, you know, they, uh, I think, uh, Brian Windhorst has been calling it a, a, um, hold in instead of a hold out, like show up and then just don't really do anything. Like don't yeah. play, Oh, you know, whatever. My back doesn't feel great right. or whatever. But if this you're, as long you're, as you're there, they can't do anything. Finding reasons to take taste off anyway, right now. Right. So <laughs> I, I think this probably should have been, well, again, we'll see if, if he plays, I mean, does he want to, he said he doesn't feel it's his responsibility to, you know, increase his trade value, but does he want to play and theoretically play well so that it is more likely that he gets traded or does Mm -hmm. he want to just sit out and make it uncomfortable? But this is what he should have done anyway, which was show up and get your money, take that part of it out. I just think he doesn't want it he doesn't want or is hesitant about like literally being in the city of Philadelphia because those Philly fans are uh, yeah. unique. Let's say unique, unique New York unique is unique. You know, New York unique is how I'll say. <laughs> uh, so I think passionate. he's just hesitant about passionate actually is, being there. Yeah. Yeah. If we're we're calling passionate. Going, if we're going to, if we're going to use nice adjectives, you know, they're passionate. They uh, they really care about their Philadelphia Phillies and Eagles and indeed they do. Um, but yeah, I I think for Simmons, it, it, there isn't really much to add here. Like this was what I find interesting. Zooming out again is this is now two instances of of teams telling superstars or stars in 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 Simmons' case, hey, um, we have leverage too. And yeah, especially with all those years left. Yeah, right. We, we have leverage. And uh, because we are the ones cutting the checks, we can find reasons not to give you the money and and make those decisions more difficult on you. And, I, you know, do you think this is. Do you think this is an inflection point? Like, do you think do you think this is basically we've seen the, the pendulum right in player empowerment swinging? Right. And, you know, for for since I would say taking my talents to South beach, it's really been, you know, moving hard in the direction of player empowerment or star empowerment. Do you think this is that pendulum starting to slow down a little bit before it potentially swings back the other way? Or do you think this is uh, more outlier than anything? Um, I don't know that this is the Simmons specifically is like instructive of that much because usually when we have seen these kind of demands um the players have more leverage and i don't know what teams are going to do yeah you know in a situation like anthony davis or james harden um where the demands are made without or paul george uh where the demands are made without all this time left um I think the players are still the superstars, as you mentioned, star empowerment, superstar empowerment. They're still going to have a lot of leverage. I think they should. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine with it. If you know, like if you're that good, if you're as as good as Ben Simmons or LeBron or whatever at anything you do, like you should. Right. You are not replaceable. Ben Simmons is not replaceable. Right. They're not going to be able to trade Ben Simmons. Like Ben Simmons is going to wherever he goes is going to be better than the guy they get back. Right. Because at this point, you know, all those the, those superstars that that Daryl Morey is hoping are going to also demand out of somewhere. Right. Whether it's Dame or uh, Bradley Beal or whoever, Carl Anthony Towns or Levine or whatever, those guys are not available. So um, Ben Simmons should have leverage because he's better 
he's one of the best, whatever, 10 people or 15 people or 20 people, well, maybe 30 people at this point on planet earth at something. So he should have leverage. Um, but so I, because this situation is like, he has four years left. I don't know if this is really instructive of much. I think what is going to be interesting though, is what is done about all of this and, and what kind of penalties um, are going to be levied and what the league is going to do in the next collective bargaining agreement and, yeah. you know, what, and how it relates to the supermax And if those guys are demanding trades, then maybe it gets bumped back down and, how the league is going to be able or teams are going to be what kind of uh, leverage are they going to be able to take back in doling out fines? Like what is, what is going to be able to be fined so that the teams are going to try to get some leverage back. But I don't, I I think this situation is kind of unique because of the time he has remaining. So I, I don't know how instructive it is. Yeah. I, I think I'm mostly with you. I think it, it matters just not as much as, teams might hope it does right like the teams that yeah, i think that's I think the right way to put it nba teams were really rooting for philly in this situation right because absolutely as soon as they as soon as like say new orleans drafts zion williamson if zion doesn't want to be in new orleans and he starts immediately forcing his way out like he kind of sort of has he like it 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 makes it really difficult for any of those teams to exist in non-major markets right and so, like everybody, I think was rooting for the Sixers here because, hey, like we, we need to retain some leverage over these stars. Otherwise, half of us will cease to exist, basically. Sure, but yes, I mean, sure. Um, my counter to that, though, is like who won the title last year? Oh, <laughs> last, no, 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 no. We got to do this again. Last season, because last right. year, who won the <laughs> title last yeah. year? Right, the Lakers, almost exactly, but. Who won the title last season, right? Well, but Giannis, it it also takes sometimes like Tim Duncan was a unique superstar who functioned in San Antonio. Giannis Antetokounmpo, who seems like a unique superstar who functions in Milwaukee and really loves being in that in that city. So, um, yeah, you're right. There are going to be outliers. But I think overall, these teams were rooting against Simmons here because they want they want to be able to to, no, to keep I, you're these guys right. for longer you're right i just think there is an argument to be made they are like you are yeah. correct the teams are rooting but i think there is a very fair argument to be made like okay like get your shit together kings or yes, timberwolves or Agreed. like run your team well and yeah. then you don't have to worry or, or pay the luxury tax lakers i mean, what who said that where did that come from but there's also like i don't even know if like the haves and have nots is like a fair argument because like the Knicks haven't been any good in yeah. 40 years, right? It just comes, it, it the comes Warriors, down to ownership. The Warriors were awful until they weren't, right? Yeah. They're, now it's like San Francisco, it's glamour market, and everybody wants to go, well, not anymore, not in the last couple of years, but right? Oh, they got KD, they could get anybody. The Clippers and the Warriors were the two laughing stocks of the league yeah. until they weren't. Until right? they got so, sold. Until, well, yes, ownership is the biggest competitive advantage in sports, but... Mm-hmm. Like, so I, I think it is like a derivative and simplistic argument to say that there are haves and have nots in the NBA. And it's based on, right. Like, unless you're in New York or Miami or San Francisco or LA, like good luck. Yeah. Because lots of those teams were awful until they weren't. Um, yeah. So, and Milwaukee just won the title and San Antonio won a bunch of them and Dallas who can't get anybody won a title. So I think it's kind of like, look, there are some inherent challenges in, in 
in yeah. some cities. But I think it is a little bit simplistic to kind of just be like, well, if you're not one of these like seven franchises, forget it. Right. Well, yeah, but you're right. I, that Everybody is rooting. Every team is rooting against Ben Simmons. I think if the players had it their way, though, you know, they would be able to there would be a draft. Right. And they would just be able to select which big city they, they start their career in. And then now I think to a certain extent, the market might correct itself there because they're going to say like that, the, the you know, there are only so many players you could play in those markets. Are you, are you keeping the salary cap though? In that case, <laughs> right. are you keeping the salary right. cap is another question though. I, I would, I would keep the salary cap, get rid of max salaries. That's, that's what I would do. You know, if you want to pay LeBron James, $80 million, and that's what it takes to get LeBron James in Milwaukee, then good luck building a team around him. Let, let the market dictate how that's going to work moving forward. Um, there is no better way to lose <laughs> to, to lose an audience than getting into market yes, economics. The minutia. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. let's go ahead and segue over uh, to story time. Let's end this okay. thing on story time. And I'm curious if you have any stories of, of players being sent home that stick out to you because oh uh, of everything that we have seen over the last week or so. All right, so kind of, yeah, okay. I mean, yes, um, kind of, yeah, I mean, yes, but all right, let me be vague because uh, the people involved in this story are still around the NBA, in the NBA, the fringes of the NBA, etc. So I'm going to be sort of vague here, but all right, uh, really quick before you go, I yes. do want to take people behind the curtain on this one because okay. usually I tell you, hold off on telling me the story because I want my reactions to be organic right and this time i asked you for this specific kind of circumstance yes i had another look, story i had another story to, that i was going to share but yes the, the look on your face though that you went to and i said <laughs> i said that one the one you're thinking of right now is the one that i that, that will make the show uh really really pop off at the very end of it <laughs> So, so I, yes, and I said, I've I don't heard... know that the statute of limitations has run <laughs> off on this yet. So, so we're going to keep it vague, but I promise you guys it's going to be worth it. All right. So uh, a basketball team <laughs> was in Indiana uh, and uh, to play the Pacers and uh, doing a shoot around before, before, uh, before the game. And a one of the guys didn't know, but is scheduled to have or have a random drug test. So we're mm -hmm. at shoot around and it is a random drug test. The, the uh, tester comes in, uh, you know, to it tests a couple guys um, and comes in and test is to test this player. This player <laughs> catches wind of uh, the, the incoming uh, yeah. drug test, weed test for weed, the incoming weed test and says, nope and literally leaves the arena <laughs> just walks just out of the it's literally like walks <laughs> literally walks out of the arena in his practice gear that, just, that's nope. that simpsons gift right where they they open the, the the old guy opens the door puts his hat on the thing oh yeah grandpa what's going yeah, on yeah. <laughs> yeah the grandpa gets his hat back on and yeah. walks right out the door <laughs> i think he like walks in the bar he's gonna or is it i think it's actually a, it's a, i think it's a uh house of ill repute i think it is a yeah it's a uh what's the nice way to say it uh that's a good yeah. gentleman's establishment but i mean that sounds like a strip club I, this is not a strip club i think this is a place where 
people might pay <laughs> other people to yeah. yes uh and yeah. and bart is working the door bart is like where he's like the, the greeter at the door to this place <laughs> so grandpa comes in and sees his grandson and walked out yeah <laughs> yeah so this guy so this player did not was not uh was not uh was not looking for uh <laughs> prostitutes <laughs> so he was so he was supposed to get tested and he like figures out that this dude is getting ready to test him he says nope and literally just walks out of the arena in his in his practice gear and catches a ride back to the hotel so uh one of the team executives is with us on the trip um yeah. and hears about it afterwards uh and calls back to the gm <laughs> and so he he did not play for a while in fact he never played for the team again after yeah. that uh so he was he was sent home and then sent to a different team city. um sent to a different city but yeah he he caught wind of the, the incoming uh drug test and decided Today was probably not the day for that, and, and literally left the arena. Ahead of his, time? Like they're they're that? random, they're 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 called random drug tests. But don't you kind of like during the the mid season ones? Don't players kind of sort of know? I mean, if he didn't, I mean, if he did, if he knew, he, he forgot traded. because he didn't know until the he didn't know <laughs> until the moment in in Indianapolis. <laughs> he he did not know it was coming. Clearly, I would love to be that drug tester. <laughs> just like yeah he's like you know i got this guy and this guy you know player a player b hold on where's hey where'd, where'd player b go <laughs> he, where did... everybody's looking around like no he literally left the arena in his practice gear and just got a cab or an uber or something a cab i think that's amazing that is so good and uh, oh man i think it was a cab actually i don't even know if uber existed I'll, Remind uh, me like 20 years from now, if we're still doing this show, well, and the okay. statute of limitations is up to, to have you retell that story about. I will. Like, and uh, the, I don't, and uh, I don't think that it's going to be a huge shock when I reveal the name. I don't no. think anyone is going to be hugely <laughs> shocked, but yeah. Oh, all right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the hook. Again, we are back to hopefully back to our uh, normally scheduled Friday episodes. I feel uh, better about week. myself when I drink on Friday mornings than Wednesday. It's so mornings. much not, so like it, feels, it, yeah. it is. Usually, we wrap here about two o'clock. I edit the show, I write the post, and then I and then I, it's basically my weekend from there on out. Now it's like I have to edit the post or edit the the show, write the post, and then it's just still Wednesday. so so i do hope we get back to the normally scheduled uh days that we record the show moving forward never know though with podcasting never know now that we're heading into the season i do want to make a bit of an announcement uh the final lowdown of this week is going to be kind of different here um well obviously we're gonna i'm going to talk about the game that will have been played thursday night but the second half of the uh, lowdown, I'm going to be detailing everything that we have set up for you guys uh, for the remainder of this se- or for, for, for this upcoming regular season. Uh, we have some really cool things, some new things, some retooled things. Uh, I'm really excited about everything that, that we have both on the website at SilverScreenRoll.com and then here on this feed. So make sure you guys are subscribed and you're rating and re- re- reviewing this stuff. It really helps. 
and uh, and tune in for the rest of the week for some. We have a few great guests lined up, and we have that upcoming announcement show that you guys got to keep an eye out for as well. Until next week, I'm Anthony Irwin. That is Aaron Larsoul, and this was the hook. <laughs>